everyone hear about a conundrum that I was in last <laughs> yesterday? Always. I love a conundrum. <laughs> and it was at work. So you know those like lock boxes that realtors will put on a house and you put a code in and, and opens then get up. the key out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I have to interact with those a lot because mm-hmm. I'm showing apartments. Uh-huh. And I got into a fight with one <laughs> in North Portland. Okay. First of all, did not accept the code that I had put in. Rude. Exactly. Fucking. <laughs> I was beep booping away. Wouldn't let me in. I had to call somebody back at the office. They gave me a series of codes and they were like, try this one. <laughs> try this one. And then the last one they gave me uh-huh. was the one that worked. Okay. And it, the code immediately left my head. But it's okay because it's open, right? I have what I need to do. <laughs> so I did what I did, work stuff, came back because I had to put something in it. Oh, okay. It would not shut. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was going at it for a few minutes and I couldn't shut it and I had to do a showing. Uh-huh. So I left it open with nothing in it. Yeah. Went up. Did my showing, came back, and then I'm just in front of this box again, and it's pissing me off because I can't fucking shut it. <laughs> and I realized that the little mechanism that opens and shuts it sure. just isn't going down all the way. So I push it down and try to manually force it in uh-huh. so that by the time it pops up, it's already as far in as it needs to be. Yep. And what had happened was I did that, and it did shut successfully, both Hands. I had skin. <gasps> oh my god. Pinch. I'm showing two marks on my oh hands. No. I was trapped in the lockbox. <laughs> I don't know the code because I just got ten codes. <laughs> oh no. And I'm panicking. Even if I wanted to put the codes in, I can't really get my thumbs around <laughs> to push <laughs> the button. <laughs> Who could I call? Nobody. Both my hands are stuck in a lockbox. <laughs> and I'm so nervous and scared and in pain. In pain. Because it hurt. Because it looks like it really just held on, like pinched and held on. Yeah. I would have screamed. <laughs> I didn't scream, surprisingly. I just went, <gasps> no. <laughs> You were much more calm than I would ever have been. Uh, on the outside. On the inside. Sure. <laughs> the good news is, I got so nervous and scared that my hands got really clammy, and I, at some point, just slipped right out. <laughs> oh, and man. The Sticky re- gecko paws to the rescue. <laughs> and the real kicker was, I went back to the office and told... Like, the story got told, and my boss was in the room, and he was like, you know, I've never heard of that happening before. (laughs) And I was like, this is not what you say to me right now. (laughs) You've set a precedent. (laughs) Way to go, you. Yeah. So that's what I went through yesterday. What a (laughs) trials and tribulations of showing apartments, man. Who'd have thought it would be so dangerous? It was not me. I didn't expect no. this to happen. <laughs> Who does? Especially because it's not a finger. Mm-mm. It's just like the soft padding of your hand. Between but- my thumb and forefinger. Oh, oh gosh. I can feel it and it's making me cringe and make my like tummy flip. <laughs> and it was like raised. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> now that's little bruises. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying not to fiddle with them because... We went to the... Yes, we went and cut fresh lavender today mm-hmm. and got lavender beverages. Just all the lavender things mm-hmm. is what we did this morning. And then we got tacos. So we've been busy bees all day. And I didn't know you had wounded hands all day. I was keeping it a secret because I was like, you know, this would be a good <laughs> intro for the podcast. <laughs> Just another something else. Of me doing dumb things. <laughs> I love it. I, not that. I don't love it. <laughs> you hurt yourself. But I love this idea of like, oh, no, no. Don't text Kiana about this. Don't tell anybody because it's going to be a good story later. So you have to just keep it. Remind it. Remind yourself mm-hmm. to tell it later. But don't do it now. And, and it worked. Because it worked. <laughs> the reminders were just wounds on my hand. 
Oh, gosh. That's so terrible. I'm so sorry that happened to you. It's okay. It's pretty it, goddamn funny, though. In the moment, obviously, it wasn't funny. But mm-hmm. pretty soon after, it became pretty funny. I bet it was. <laughs> On the drive back to the office, you were probably like, how? How does this happen to me? Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, my, just my fucking luck. Just my <laughs> luck. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well then. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to That Broad's Got Moxie. Hello. My name is Kiana. I'm Cassie. Danny's here, mm-hmm. chilling like a villain. Yeah. With her Jamaica from the taco stand. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we're all extremely chill because, like we said, lavender was involved. We've just been on the on the drive home. We were all. Kiana was like, "Oh man, I'm just so." That the lavender has just mellowed me out from that cold brew. I think I'm getting a little sleepy. I was like, yeah, me too, girl. <laughs> between the, between the cold brew, the come down from the cold brew, mm-hmm. and the lavender, and being in the sun all morning, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I'll stretch it out and take a little nap after them tacos. <laughs> but no, we have work to do. We got an episode to record, mm-hmm. and we are here. Yes. And I'm going first this week. Okay. All right. Are you going to do? I am talking about Irina Sendler. Okay. Do you know that name? It is not ringing any bells right now. Okay. Well, here we go. So, Irina Sendler was born on February 15th, which makes her Pisces, in night. No? Oh, excuse me. It's an Aquarius. (laughs) The look on your face just now, you were disgusted that I did not know that. <laughs> she didn't give a real stank face because I said it was a Pisces. Mm-hmm. She and clutched her pearls a little bit. She did. She went, <laughs> Aquarius. Aquarius. <laughs> so, she's an Aquarius. Where was I? February 15th. Aquarius. <laughs> it's 1910 oh. in Otwok, Poland. And this is a small town 15 miles southeast of Warsaw. Her father, one of the first Polish socialists, was a doctor and a humanitarian who treated the very poor, including the Jewish community of Warsaw, free of charge. He died when she was seven years old, but his compassion and humanity inspired her future heroism. Mm -hmm. So at 17, Irina studied law for two years and then Polish literature at the University of Warsaw. While in school, she opposed the ghetto bench system, which was like an official rule within the college that would separate the lower class, mostly Jewish students Mm -hmm. from everyone else. Yeah. Which is just shitty. And we shouldn't do that. (laughs) It is bigoted and hateful. (laughs) Uh, She reporting having suffered academic disciplinary measures from teachers and Mm -hmm. staff and stuff because of her activities and reputation as a communist and a philo-Semite, which is essentially just somebody who, like, respects (laughs) Judaism (laughs) and Jewish communities. After leaving school, Irina worked with social and educational units of the Free Polish University where she met and was influenced by activists from the illegal Communist Party of Poland. Those darn communists. (laughs) (laughs) So she got a job in a legal counseling and social help clinic, which was called the Section for Mother and Child Assistance at the Citizen Committee for Helping the Unemployed. That's just a big fancy title for this clinic that she was working at. So most of her work was in the field, Basically just crisscrossing Warsaw's neighborhoods, especially the impoverished ones, helping socially disadvantaged women and their children. In 1935, the government abolished that section that she worked in, but many of its members became employees of, like, the city of Warsaw. Mm -hmm. So, in November of 1939, Germany invaded Poland. And the brutality of the Nazis accelerated with murder, violence, and terror. Mm-hmm. By then, Irina had worked her way up to senior administrator in the Warsaw Social Welfare Department. 
So she'd worked her way up for the last several years into this senior position. Her husband, who she'd been married to for a few years at this point, was a soldier and was captured and held in a German prisoner of war camp uh, for like 10 years. Yeah, it was... It's bad. Mm-hmm. And she also has two small children at this point. I didn't go into it a lot. Mm-hmm. But so now she's working at the social welfare department. The Nazis have invaded. And she's a doing this as a single woman mm-hmm. because her husband's in prison. Great. Cool. So soon after the invasion, the social welfare department was barred from assisting or giving aid to any of Warsaw's Jewish citizens. And that's how things are systemic exactly (laughs) but that was not something that Irina was okay with good so she made it her mission to help as many of the jews as she could so the nazis here we go the nazis herded over four hundred thousand jews into a 16 block area that came to be known as the warsaw ghetto so 16 blocks is like downtown portland Mm mm-hmm it's not big. Yeah. It's 400, over 400,000 people. It was like, I think it was like 460,000 at maximum. Yeah. International studies. We talk yes. about World War II a lot because it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the Warsaw Ghetto is famously bad. Yeah. Famously and fucking terrible. a lot of pictures of exactly the kind of conditions that those people were living in. Yeah. it's And it's sad. Yeah. The ghetto was sealed off with uh, big giant walls mm. and the Jewish families ended up behind those walls only to await certain death because Hitler is a fucking dick and was just preaching to all of Europe mm-hmm. about just the complete extermination of the Jews, mm-hmm. of the gays, uh, Romani people, Romani people, basically anyone who wasn't Aryan and straight. So, as employees of the social welfare department, Irina and her squad of badass rescuers acquired special permits to enter the ghetto to check for signs of typhus, which is a disease that the Germans feared would spread beyond the ghetto. That's why they were worried. (laughs) Exactly! Yeah. Yeah. Mm, They were Mm -hmm. afraid it would get out. Yeah. So... Under the pretext of conducting sanitary inspections, Mm -hmm. this squad brought in medicine, first aid supplies, clothing, food, money, and other necessities. Irina and her team knew that smuggling these items into the ghetto was not enough, though. They had friends and family inside those walls. And with all this open talk about eradicating all the Jews, they knew that more needed to be done. Mm -hmm. So helping Jews out of the ghetto... And facilitating their survival elsewhere and, like, providing them with the things that they would need once they managed to get out of those walls Mm -hmm. became priority number one. Mm -hmm. Especially in the summer of 1942, this was the time of the Great Action. And the Great Action was the Nazi code name for the deportation and mass murder of Jews from the Warsaw Ghetto. So... They were terrorized in daily roundups, marched through the ghetto, and were assembled at the train station where they would be packed into Holocaust trains and sent to extermination camps. Specifically, the one that the people from the Warsaw Ghetto went to was Treblinka, which never heard of. Deep dove into that. Very fucking sad. Yeah. I had a real... It was a real journey into some dark shit the other day reading about this. Yeah. It's a devastating thing it's, to learn about because it's so many people were yeah. actively harmed and it's killed and so devastating, but it's so important. And this is what I was thinking the whole time was like, this is so important because this happened mm-hmm. in the 1940s. Yeah. It's not that fucking long ago. People are still alive. That were born. This is why we have to address the fucking travesties mm-hmm. that happen within our country so that we learn from him. Not our country. No, I am Oh, okay. Reflecting on <laughs> the things that have happened in the United States. Yeah. Of like 
when we just sweep things under the fucking rug and don't address the absolute tragedy and enormous loss of life mm-hmm. and land, it's a fucking problem. Yeah. And when we don't listen to communities that have been through this before... Mm-hmm who are actively saying, hey, things aren't great, and they're starting to remind us of the lead-up <laughs> to exactly. the Holocaust. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, this is very important, but it, it is very, very sad and hard to learn about. Okay. So, Irina's work was done at a huge risk to both the Jews inside the ghetto and the families and the people in her crew attempting to get them out. Because giving any kind of assistance to Jews in German-occupied Poland was punishable by death, not only for the person caught doing it, but for their entire family or household. So you're guilty by association, and if one of you gets caught, everyone's dead. Ah, boy. Okay. (laughs) So, but you know what? Arena said, fuck it, and joined the underground resistance movement and began her work of saving children. So. Hell yeah. Right? God damn it. She's a a legit, blew my mind hero. So first she assembled her crew. She recruited at least one member from each of the 10 sections of the welfare department. Hmm. And then they started with orphans. These children living in squalor with no one to look after them and therefore no guardians or parents to try to convince, they were the easiest to remove from the ghetto. Mm. It became much more difficult when she had to start approaching parents and grandparents and community leaders to tell them that she wanted to take their children. But basically she would meet with groups of Jewish families and explain that her team was trying to save them. They were not stoked on the idea, though, because they're like, I'm sorry, you are you want to take my child where and do what with them? Oh, okay. So hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. you get them out, but then they have to lie and they have to take these Christian names and they have to learn an all new faith and culture mm-hmm. and a language. That's not what our family is. And she was like, look, I can't. I can't even guarantee that we're going to get out of the ghetto alive. And I I can't make you any promises. But what I can do is keep track of every child that comes in and out of here and do my best to reunite you after all of this is over. Mm -hmm. So. What an incredibly difficult decision to make. So I can't, I can't even imagine it. Okay, so the kids were taken out of the ghetto in some very ingenious ways, though. Some of the children were smuggled out in an ambulance, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, they're sick or whatever. Also, they would just hide them in cubbies and stuff. But some were also smuggled out through body bags or oh. potato sacks and in suitcases and coffins and like big traveling trunks. And at least one time, a baby was smuggled out in a toolbox. (laughs) So occasionally, they would just give this small child, or specifically a baby who can't control staying quiet or not, Mm -hmm. like a sedative and put them in a box or a trunk or a suitcase and somebody would carry them out or put them on like a work truck Mm -hmm. or, you know. Anywhere they can fit them. Anywhere they can fit them. They also would squeeze out through, like, holes, like cracks that had had developed in the wall around the ghetto. There was also a Catholic church. There was an entrance on the Aryan side, and there was an entrance on the ghetto side. And they would go in one side and get a change of clothes and get their hair cut and colored and come out the other side, a little Aryan child with... A new identity, a new family, and the whole kit. Caboodle. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, the children were given new clothes. Some of them had their hair cut and or colored. They were taught how to cross themselves and how to speak Polish and say Catholic hymns and prayers so that if anybody caught them and asked them questions, 
they, you know, the ones who were old enough could essentially prove that, oh, no, 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 I'm I'm definitely an, an Aryan Christian who's living on the right side of, of the wall here. Yeah. Yeah. So the children were given false identities and placed uh, some of them into homes, others into orphanages or convents. With each new child, Irina carefully noted in a coded form the children's original names, age, and all of their new identities. Mm-hmm. The little slips of paper were placed in jars and were buried beneath an apple tree in a neighbor's backyard across the street from the German barracks. It's a little sad and it's yeah. a little beautiful and I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> oh, okay. Also, the part about them being buried <laughs> under an <laughs> apple tree, which yeah. is still there. That fucking blew my mind. Wow. Give me goosebumps. But also, <laughs> there was a certain, like, haha, fuck you, Germans, because it was right across the street from the barracks. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, this was literally under your noses the whole time, you fuckers. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, fuck those guys. So, in all, the jars contained the names of 2,500 children. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Right? (laughs) Okay. But again, because the Nazis fucking ruin everything, they became aware of Irina's activities. It's okay. Okay. Take a breath. It's going to be okay. I got several paragraphs left, and that's good news. Okay. Good. Okay. So they became of her activities, and on October 20th, 1943, she was arrested, imprisoned, and tortured by the Gestapo. And they... Sorry, I'm laughing because you were like, don't worry. She was captured and tortured. (laughs) (laughs) But things get go... They go up from here. Yeah. We're at a real low point. Yeah. So they beat her Mm -hmm. senselessly and broke her feet and legs, which is fucking monstrous. She ended up in prison, but no one could break her fucking spirit because she is a bad ass woman she withstood the torture and refused to betray either her associates or any of the jewish children in hiding she was sentenced to death but was saved at the last minute when resistance members bribed one of the nazi soldiers to halt the execution so she escaped from prison but for the rest of the war she was pursued by the gestapo yeah, there's several, there's a couple different stories, but the one that, like, in an interview that I read from her, mm-hmm. was like, she was on the way to the, where they were just going to line him up and execute him. Yeah. And the a soldier basically stopped the vehicle and was like, get out. And then on her fucking busted up feet. Oh, yeah. She... Because she was in prison for a while. So she was um, not doing well. Yeah. But she got out and managed to make her way to some sort of safety. That's good news. I'm glad. (sighs) Yeah. I am glad the story keeps going. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So after the war, she dug up the jars and used the notes to track down the 2,500 children she placed with adoptive families to try and reunite them with their relatives scattered across Europe. Unfortunately, most of their families were killed during the Holocaust. However, later into her life, people would would be like, I know you. Like, you took me out of there and you put me with this family and I got to live a full and happy life. And I have a family of my own. Mm -hmm. And I remember your face. And I was like, oh, God, here I go again. I'm all for (laughs) Klimt. That's beautiful. Okay. It's so beautiful. So, Irina continued her social work after the war with children's hospitals, trying to reunite these families, and just basically trying to help put Europe back together, but eventually was unable to continue work due to her injuries from being beaten in prison. Irina's achievements and heroism were largely unknown in North America until 1999, when students at a high school in Uniontown, Kansas, it's a teeny, teeny, tiny town in Uniontown, Kansas, were given a history project to do about unsung heroes. 
and their teacher, his name was Norman Connard, basically was like, I have a bunch of newspaper clippings. Find someone here to write about. Mm -hmm. So they did all of this research and got in touch with Irina and found as whatever they could find because it was 1999 not a whole lot of internet everything they found was in polish (laughs) (laughs) but they did all this research and as their project wrote a play they called life in a jar oh yeah so the play was a surprising success it was staged over 200 times in the united states and abroad and it significantly contributed to publicizing Irina's story. So the the play was adapted for television oh. as The Courageous Heart of Irina Sendler in 2009, in which Irina was portrayed by actress Anna Paquin. Oh, wow. And let me tell you, I watched that movie. Uh-huh. And it is so good it was it's a made for tv movie so Mm -hmm. it was never a blockbuster but it is so well done from the costuming to the storytelling to anna paquin Mm -hmm. is just oh it was really really well done and i would suggest it to anybody because it's a very i feel like it's it's not overly dramatized. They didn't take a lot of creative license with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really beautiful. So you watched it? I watched it. Do you know where anybody could watch it um, if they were interested? I think... Oh, it was on Hallmark. So basically, because oh, we have... Okay. I just went on the TV and typed it in. Mm-hmm. And it came up and I watched it on like a seven-day free trial mm-hmm. on the Hallmark channel, I think. Okay. So cool. That you know, seven day free trial. Get it, watch it, then delete the subscription. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you have a Hallmark uh, account yeah, and it, you just really love those movies. Absolutely. Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was it was really good. And I, I would suggest it's a very all encompassing story of the beginning to the end of her going through prison and the whole kit and caboodle. So um in two thousand three, Pope John Paul II, I'm gonna call him PJP2. PJP2. <laughs> he sent Irina a personal letter praising her for her wartime efforts. Mm. On November 10th, 2003, she received the Order of the White Eagle, which is Poland's highest civilian decoration. Oh, wow. Irina died May 12th, 2008, at the ripe old age of 98 in Warsaw, Poland, uh-huh. where she lived her entire life. In April 2009, Irena was posthumously granted the Humanitarian of the Year Award from the Sister Rose Thering Endowment. And in May 2009, she was posthumously granted the Audrey Hepburn Humanitarian Award. Oh, and then on February 15th, 2020, which would have been her 110th birthday, they made a Google Doodle for her. Oh, because I love a Google Doodle. <laughs> I do love a good Google Doodle. Yes. And that is the end of my story. Oh, that was lovely. Isn't it? So my things, my sources, thank you, came from jewishvirtuallibrary.org, the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum website, a New York Times article, a TED Talk done by one of the girls who's now an adult, but was one of the four girls in the group Mm -hmm. in high school who wrote the play about her. And then a documentary called Irina Sendler and the name of their mothers. And I have not yet watched that, but that apparently is a PBS documentary Mm -hmm. that went on to win a whole bunch of awards because apparently it's absolutely incredible. Wow. It's an incredible story. It's the strength that you need to have. Mm-hmm. It's I cannot even put it into words. No, I can't even wrap my brain around. You know, sometimes like the idea of having to do something that you know is right, but you're afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Being in that position where every single time, 
every single time her or one of her squad gals went into the ghetto Mm -hmm. to sneak a child out in a fucking bread box or squeeze them through a wall or i read a story about essentially they figured out that there were like sewer tunnels that they could get in and this little boy was hiding behind a gate and was waiting for the precise moment for like a manhole cover to be moved so a gestapo officer walked past him he's hiding in the shadows and then 10 seconds later he's got a bolt this manhole cover pops open he jumps in the hole and then poof he's gone and i was like holy shit yeah i can't i can't even wrap my brain around the kind of strength and fucking fearlessness that you have to have to be like yeah i'm putting my life on the line and i'm putting all these other people's lives on the line to do what's fucking right and try to save these children and Mm -hmm. it just oh a hero i can't even yeah yeah all right okay so who are you doing (laughs) let's bring this up we're gonna take a swift right turn yes to go over to my broad and i'm going to talk to you today about angeline angeline mm-hmm. okay do you i mean i I've, I've heard the name angeline but i don't know you, if i know who we're talking about you'll know okay so i am going to talk to you about her because i became slightly obsessed with her mm. during the pandemic <laughs> okay i had watched a documentary like in the early pandemic and i was like oh my I must talk about her. Ooh, okay. She's kind of wild. Okay, I love a um, wild woman. So, this is the Billboard Queen, Angeline. Angeline is famous for being famous. Okay. And is the OG famous for being famous person. Okay. I so, did not know that. Yes, yes. All right, let's hear all about her. Now, an important thing to keep in mind with Angeline is that her mystique is extremely important to her aura as a celebrity okay she is a very private person and she has a lot of control over her image Mm. and i'm going to try to explain to everybody who she is but really angeline's whole vibe is wholly realized and can only be really be explained by like interacting with her okay yeah it's oh she's mysterious When she was asked if she would ever publish her life story, she responded, quote, and give away the mystery about me? Heck no. (laughs) But I would write about things like a book on philosophy, from sex to God, or fun things like alien fairy tales, things like that. She's a whole trip. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She's a whole ass person, and I cannot wait to hear about this. Okay, so I I kind of wrote this in a weird way, but you stick with me. We're, We're here for it. Thank you. Um, She states that her desire to become famous started when she was two years old. She had a babysitter whose ceiling was covered with posters of rock stars and other celebrities. And she thought, yeah, I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) She was kind of an extra in some stuff for a little bit Mm -hmm. because now she's adult, not a two-year-old. But her first attempt started in 1978 when Angeline joined her then-boyfriend's band called Baby Blue. Mm. Now, she's ageless and timeless, so how old she is doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) But if it did matter, I would say she was in her mid-20s at this time. Okay. They performed in local clubs in L.A. and released a single, Rock and Roll Rebel, with a B-side, Fantasy Man. Ooh! (laughs) It didn't do as well as they hoped, so they decided to promote the band a new angle. Mm -hmm. And they just posted pictures of her and not the other people in the band. Uh, Clever. In 1979, they released another single, Too Much to Touch, that also wasn't doing as well as they hoped. But Angeline had the taste of fame by being (laughs) on the poster, and she knew she wanted more. (laughs) In 1982, she released an album titled Angeline, uh, which was accompanied by another series of bus shelter posters to promote the album. She got a little bit bigger. Uh, the same year. So she releases this album. She's a poster girl for the band. Uh-huh. And she's like, I love this. She meets a man named Hugo Masnick, who was a wealthy, adhesive-free tape entrepreneur. 
<laughs> who also had a display printing business in LA. It's a match made in heaven, right? Clearly. Just business, business-wise, professional-wise. Mm-hmm. Hugo is described as very eccentric and a bored prankster. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw the potential in using Angeline's image mm-hmm. as her image. Like, like, I don't know how to really describe it, but it's just he saw her and was like, yes. Yeah. This that, is- no, that feels right. Yeah. Wouldn't you love to be that person? Can you imagine <laughs> being that person and someone just being like this? Love it. It needs to be on a billboard. Exactly. Like, <laughs> don't mind if I do. Right. And somehow nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. This is how the billboards came to be. In February 1984. So they met in 82. I assume some planning and stuff went on. Sure. 84 rolls around. All of a sudden, billboards in and around Los Angeles, California start popping up, much to the city's surprise. Mm. On the billboards, just various pictures of Angeline, and they just say Angeline on them. So it's like her posing, being very sexy, uh-huh. like laying around, and it just says Angeline. Oh my gosh. There is no point to it except to be a billboard. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And these billboards made her an instantaneous icon. um yeah and from this point on in her life angeline states that she has had everything offered to her in her professional career wow yeah she only does things that she's offered to do (laughs) (laughs) she's not looking for shit people are coming to her exactly now who is angeline in her own words quote i have a lot of quotes because i love it she's You just have to hear it from her. Mm -hmm. Quote, Angeline is a golden entity that loves hot pink. She's way different than anybody else on this planet, and she's spreading positive energy. She drives a hot pink Corvette, wears her clothes short, tight, and sexy, very sexy, voluptuous. She's blonde. She's got blue eyes. She's ageless. And anytime anyone sees her, they get really excited. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Her influences include Barbie, which is a major, major influence, mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe, <gasps> Gorge, and other blonde bombshells. Dolly. Oh, I bet she loves Dolly. Oh, well, here's the thing. I didn't add this, mm-hmm. but in one of the interviews, she was like, Yeah, she had a really hard time naming influences. She was like, Barbie, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe other blonde bombshells but i always knew i would do it better i always saw them and knew i would be better (laughs) this is a brassy broad yeah she knows oh my gosh (laughs) she knows what she's about excellent she's also stated quote i cover so much ground little kids they call me barbie i've been called a porn star and i seem to be able to turn anything on frogs rocks people (laughs) trees (laughs) It's called a sex goddess. A real one. Oh, my gosh. I love that she's like, oh, yeah, that tree definitely wants to fuck me. Mm-hmm. For It is hot and bothered just blowing in my in my general direction. Yeah. That frog over there is horny. Horny <laughs> AF. Oh, my gosh. This woman. Okay. Now, while she is considered as being famous for being famous, she does have quite a career that she's done. Okay. In a paper magazine interview, she was asked, people say you you invented famous for being famous. Is that true? And she responded with, quote, I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) All I did was do what I want to do. I set a pathway. I just wanted to beautify the city with my billboards and inspire them with my image. I don't mean to be rude. I police my image. I am my own manager. I do have people working for me. I have a band of lawyers. I'm not about the money. I don't want to sell out to anything or to connect to anything but Angeline and what she stands for as a person. Oh, for Pete's sake. She is so into herself. Yeah. (laughs) She really is. She really is. And it was like, it's in the 80s, too. Oh, my God. The, I, and everything is so image-driven. Mm-hmm. And it is all about your face and what you're wearing and that, your big fucking hair. Yep. And, ugh. She has bleach blonde hair, uh-huh. obviously. She has blunt bangs. She usually does a bouffant over uh-huh. the top and is tits always out. Uh-huh. Amazing. Ugh, <laughs> goddess. 
In another interview with Clint Arthur, when asked what her master plan was, she said, quote, the master plan, and this is for everybody, is just be who you are. I just wanted to be who I am and nobody was going to stop me. I love pink. I love to be outrageous. I'm a rebel and I get what I want and that's it. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to inspire the world and I wanted to do it with my sexuality so that I could raise the general public's consciousness by luring them in with my sexuality. Oh, girl, (laughs) she has things to say. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) She also in an interview... I tried to watch one and I didn't put it down as a source and I don't remember it because Mm -hmm. I didn't take anything from it. But she was like in the middle of an interview and it was this year and she always has a fan over her face. Oh. In public. Okay. So I mentioned this later, but I want to tell you now. Okay. To take a selfie with her, it's Uh $25 with the fan over her face Uh and $350 (gasps) without it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So she's doing this interview with these two people and she has the fan over her face the whole time. She's posing. She's like, lift my leg on top, (laughs) (laughs) on top of her pink Corvette. And then when they ask her questions, she doesn't want to answer. She's just like, no, no, I don't want it. (laughs) Let's change. And then they stop the interview in the middle just to take pictures because she's like, no, I want to do something. Can we stop? And then it cuts to them in another position she's laying down on the hood of the car and everybody's just posing around her oh my god <laughs> she's a I wild i cannot handle this i just need needed more people to know about this wild woman yes <laughs> i'm so intrigued i want to see everything we should listen to her music afterwards yes too. <laughs> please can we just it's new wave well the older stuff new uh-huh. wave 80s oh gorge amazing and then the newer stuff is very like club uh-huh it's bumping yeah oh yeah. love it okay uh so two years after the original billboards went up she released a second album called driven to fantasy on her label pink kitten pink kitten <laughs> yeah oh my gosh this woman's <laughs> incredible <laughs> and now you might be thinking she really likes pink i wonder why And the answer to that is, according to Angeline, again in her own words, quote, pink is the highest vibrating color and I vibrate at a very high level. (laughs) It's not wrong. It's a derivative of magenta with just a dash of light. Oh, Oh, I like that. (laughs) So a year after the Driven to Fantasy album came out, an 85 foot high mural depicting Angeline was painted on the side of a building on Hollywood and Vine. Which are streets in L.A. Yes. (laughs) And Angeline also began appearing in small parts in films such as Earth Girls Are Easy, Dangerous Love, and Homer and Eddie. In in 1955, a black and white documentary was released called Angeline. And we just saw her doing what she does in her everyday life, Uh which is just be beautiful, talk about higher consciousness. Uh It was a lot of stuff with the fan club. Okay. Because she's a fan club and she would, people could pay to hang out with her Uh and do stuff like that. It's very interesting. This is bananas. (laughs) And when the documentary was being filmed, she had over 200 billboards up at the time. Oh my gosh. So when we, we're talking about Billboard Queen, she was everywhere. Literally everywhere. 200 billboards? Mm -hmm. And this is in LA? Yes. Like LA's big, but 200 billboards- of Angeline's face. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. That's nuts. She was really going for it. Yes, yeah, she was. <laughs> in the past, interacting with her was typically done, done through mail. Or you saw her in person because she was around town and you couldn't miss her because she's in hot pink all yeah. the time. In 1997, though, Angeline launched her website where she offered tours around Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. Oh <laughs> in the Clint Arthur interview. Oh. I didn't say my sources before I started. There's a really good interview done by a man named Clint Arthur. Uh-huh. And it was a YouTube video. Oh, okay. That's what I keep referring to. Gotcha. In the Clint Arthur interview, she was asked what her purpose was. And she said, quote, My purpose, my inner purpose, is to brighten people's lives and enlighten them to their truest and highest self. Do you know what higher consciousness means? It just means feeling higher. <laughs> 
I love her like non-answer answers. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, duh. J- it just <laughs> <laughs> no explanation. Just like, yeah, it's it's higher consciousness. Yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I am obsessed with her. I'm on the fence with her, but okay. I'm obsessed with her. Yeah, ob- it's obviously. it's that kind of relationship. Yes. <laughs> In 1998, Angeline had a very creative and productive year. She was in an experimental film called The Angeline Dream Experience, oh. which had elements of like psychedelic stuff and featured her driving around the streets of LA, greeting fans and talking about out-of-body experiences. Very fucking cool. I need to see this. I want to see it too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's find it. She also released an EP called Beauty in the Pink. Oh my god. And also began painting self-portraits at this time. <gasps> Ooh, which she has displayed at several successful art exhibitions. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She this can, she woman is too much. <laughs> You're about to hear more. Oh my god. <laughs> In 2002, she was asked to run for mayor of Los Angeles. Of course she was. I didn't really get into it, but it was contingent on Hollywood becoming separate from L.A. Okay, sure, sure. So she did that. And then she did this thing a year later, which upsets me personally. And Uh I have complicated feelings. Anywho, in 2003, she ran for governor of California. She doesn't really have any business doing. No, she sure doesn't. And it was during the special recall election that resulted in voters replacing the incumbent Democrat, Governor Gray Davis. Mm-hmm. And her slogan to the campaign for her campaign at this mm-hmm. time was, we've had gray, we've had brown, now it's time for some blonde and pink. <laughs> <laughs> and her campaign had a mascot, oh. and it was a pink Maltese named Buddha. Oh. My gosh, <laughs> this just gets wackier every time you pop out with like, and then in two thousand three, and then in two thousand, it's like, mm-hmm. I oh man, in this two thousand three election, mm-hmm. you'll probably remember because it was iconic because she finished she finished twenty eighth in a field of one hundred and thirty five candidates. I looked at the ballot and was like, if I had to do this, I would just be confused <laughs> and. Uh- she lost to Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was like, didn't she <laughs> didn't she lose to Mr. I'll be back? Yep, yep. Oh she got gosh. 2,536 votes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 28 out of 135, that's the top 25%. Yeah, that's pretty so good. <laughs> pretty, she did pretty well. Of this experience, she said, quote, When I ran for governor... People said I made a real big difference. And that's a big deal to say because politics is not really my thing. (laughs) Well, at least she has the wherewithal to be like, yeah, that's not my jam. But I mean, it was fun. (laughs) Since then, she continues to do Angeline things, which is to be a hot, sexy muse of the public. Shop around L.A. driving her pink Corvette and taking beautiful pictures. Of course. And this is where I put in if you spotted her on the street. $25 $25 selfie with a uh, fan covering her face, 350 without one. In 2017, oh, the mystique of Angeline faced an attack from a Hollywood reporter journalist named Gary Baum <gasps> when he released an article titled, The Mystery of L.A. Billboard Diva Angeline's Real Identity is Finally Solved, <gasps> and followed that article up with another article titled, The Nearly Complete Angeline Documentary That No One Knew About Until Now, where he interviews a filmmaker that was also working on a film to share Angeline's life story. Both happened without her permission. Well, both happened without her blessing, because they interviewed her, and Uh she sort of gave those interview answers. Uh She does not like digging into her life, because as I said, she's a very private person. Angeline states that there were many inaccuracies about the articles, but to be clear, the reporter did cite public records and other credible sources, so I don't think it was a complete lie or anything. Okay. I told myself I was not going to read the articles because I stumbled across the stories after watching videos of her very openly deflecting questions about her past. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because this is something she clearly didn't want to happen. Now, I said I told myself I would do that, but then whoopsie. <laughs> Stumbled into that. Read the whole thing. Well, I st- 
started reading okay. the second article that was released, which is the nearly complete Angeline documentary that no one knew about up until now. I have us acting it out. So I have. Oh my gosh, there's a script. <laughs> and this is why I'm not going to tell you about her past. Okay. Because this is just two guys who I feel invaded her private life. Yeah. And we're going to uh, talk about it. So you, <laughs> you are Gary Baum. Okay. Who is bold. Okay. So you're going to ask me the questions and then I'll answer it as the other guy whose name I did not write down and I apologize. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <sighs> Ready? Yes. Why do you think she chose to work with you? I think she liked me because I was young. She took... Oh, hold on. <clears throat> I'm a man. Yeah. I think she liked me because I was young. She told me she likes working with unestablished people because she can control them better. I was fine with that. At the time, I really didn't have an interest in looking into things she wasn't comfortable with. Oh, wait. Uncomfortable with. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I really didn't have a clear vision. I think we just sort of vibed. She was like, I don't really know what this is, but I think I can make it work. So what was your impression of her when you started spending time with her? That this was no joke, not an act. I thought she would be a little bit more like Elvira, where it's definitely a character, but then she goes back and forth to herself. She doesn't. That's who she really is. She's disappeared into the role she created for herself long ago. I think it's really an interesting part that people don't realize. They think she has, like, normal clothes. I don't think she does. There's no Clark Kent. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> did she connect you with people around her? She did, but it was random. Like, she wanted me to meet her dentist. <laughs> <laughs> she had me meet the dentist, too, when I profiled her in 2015. The dentist tells me, more or less, we've been friends, I was married, and then I got divorced, and Angeline's kind of always been around. I was like, well, what do you know about Angeline? Not much, really. It was the strangest thing, because I was like, who actually knows this woman? That was my real motivation in talking with her assistant, Scott. I thought that he would have that kind of information. Come to find out, he doesn't have it either. <laughs> <clears throat> And so after I read that, I was like, well, it sounds like these two men knew she didn't want this story out. Yep. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. And so I will no longer read it. Good. Of the articles, though. So I stopped reading it. Uh-huh. Let's hear what Angeline thought. Please, Another quote. Please, let's hear it. <laughs> Irregardless of that, I am Angeline. I have inspired everybody in this city. A rose by any other name is a rose. And I was born with this mystique and I shall have it. I always have, and I'm proud of whatever happened to me in the past, whether those details are true or not. It doesn't matter because I am who I am, and that should be a lesson to everyone. Because no matter who you are, where you are, what you are doing, if you feel it inside you, you ought to go for it. Oh my gosh. Yes, girl. <laughs> Angeline. <It's> amazing. <laughs> in 2020... A, a series based on her life was set to release on Peacock, but was delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And she did sign on for as an executive producer for this one. Okay. But I don't know how much control she has over the actual production of things. Sure. Because it was surprising to see that she signed off on it because she said in her past that she would never. Uh-huh. She said she would never do it because she didn't think anybody could capture her essence. Okay. And in an interview with Daily Mail in March, she said she was shocked at how Emmy Rossum, Rossum? Emmy? Em Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum, who is playing her. Oh. What? Yeah. She is playing her in the Peacock series. Oh. Yeah. I'm shook. Yeah. <laughs> but Angeline was shook because they portrayed her plastered in prosthetics. Oh, no. And she says, quote, I just spoke to them about the way they portrayed me visually because she looks nothing like me at all. God bless her. She's doing the best she can. <laughs> but I've spoken to them about that. <laughs> and they're trying to make it look a little bit better. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In April 2021, Angeline got back on her bullshit and announced plans to run in the anticipated 2021 California recall election. Oh, boy. Representing the Angeline party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. She, that's, okay, 
I dislike celebrities running for office. Yep. When they really don't have a history in it and they don't really have any like business doing business in there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But looking into Angeline's campaign, it doesn't feel real. Like it doesn't feel serious. (laughs) You're like, where, where's the cameras? Is this a movie? Is my life a TV show? Well, let me, let me, I have some more quotes and some explanations. Excellent. (laughs) That's what this story is. Just a lot of, ah, that Angeline. (laughs) (laughs) She said, quote, I've been thinking about it running for quite a while before Caitlyn Jenner, who was rumored to be running, Mm -hmm. announced that she would do that. And I'm running again because of the recall. It went crazy last time. Now I'm, I'm an experienced politician. And if we'll remember that quote that I pulled from earlier. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I don't need to say it again. When asked about what a hot hot button issues that mm-hmm. she has, she said, hot button. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. I just, can I just interject something real quick? Go for it. Hot button. You know who I just pictured in my head? I pictured fucking Bernie Sanders with his mittens sitting cross-legged on his little folding chair going, hot button. Ooh. And I can't deal. The first image that popped into my head and I'm. If he would have done that, he would have won the election. He absolutely would have. When asked. If she's done anything political since 2003, Mm -hmm. she said, quote, God, no, I've never been to Sacramento. City Hall? What City Hall? Simply by the virtue of me being governor, all other politicians will rise to their highest selves and become honorable. I don't have time to think about politics. I'm so busy making my film and trying to get into office. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be incredible, though, if Angeline did, in fact, get hired, hired, (laughs) get get elected, and then some kind of fucking magical essence comes from her and really does just make decent people out of all the other politicians? That would be... Look, maybe she is a goddess, and we just don't know it, and we just... Maybe... Maybe. I doubt it. Is- but <laughs> California, is that a chance you're willing to take? <laughs> now, what would she do if she won, you ask? I, I, I'm <laughs> curious and I have many, many ideas. You're not... Anytime Angeline talks, it comes from a place that, like, I don't even... I don't see it coming. No. Like, I don't see her answering things in the way that she does. Uh-uh. Okay. Quote... If I win, I promise that I will not sit in the in an office. I'll still drive my car as the governor's office on wheels. People will be appointed to do things like put gas in my car. We'll have a party and make a pretend governor and give everybody the option of being in power. It is for the people, isn't it? And then on her campaign website, because I was looking at it, in huge... Be- so. The website, obviously pink. And then in huge, big letters, it says, guess who is Angeline's running mate? Oh, Christ. And then there's a a video below it, and it's 10 seconds long. Uh And I was like, oh, I'm interested in knowing who her running mate is. Sure. I click play, and it's just her posing with a taxidermy bear. Like, (laughs) several (laughs) shots of her and this taxidermy bear. And then it ends with her yelling, vote! (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is what I mean. She is a trip. <laughs> what is happening? And I want to be mad at her for running, but I can't take it seriously. <laughs> no, not at all. She's a wild woman and I'm obsessed. I yeah. can't stop thinking about her. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about her answers to questions. <laughs> like, hot button issue. Ooh! <laughs> what? Who are you? (laughs) You mysterious woman. I'm wrapping up here. So many have said that she is more famous than the Hollywood sign. Like, several people have stated that. She has copyrights on 
every one of her billboards and images. She is so popular that she has become copyrighted and trademarked in China. What? Yeah. (laughs) In regards to her political career, she is an honorary mayor of West Hollywood. Of course she is. (laughs) Uh, She's an honorary mayor of WeHo. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus Christ. And she does have a key to the city. (laughs) And hopefully this is all she'll do with her political career. (laughs) Don't vote for her. Thank you. That is my story. (laughs) I'm going to talk about it a little more. So her campaign. Sure. Her like big slogan is she's like, uh, what was it? The key to California or the key to Hollywood. And it's a picture of her laying out on a key. (laughs) Because she has a key to the city. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's just wild. Oh, my She's God. a wild woman. She sure the hell is. <laughs> she has the song. She has a song called Kiss Me LA that I was listening to on my way here this uh-huh. morning. And it's for a little while her just whispering while music plays around her. I'm like, <laughs> you get me off. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we are done wrapping this up. I need I need to see this. I am obsessed as well. I'm just so I I love when people are living their true selves and are quirky and oh like just real off the walls. Mhm. I'm going to read my sources. Okay. Because one of, one of them you'll be like, "Well, she is not a great person." Oh dear. <laughs> So my sources are Interview of Angeline by Clint Arthur, which is the one I took a lot of quotes mm-hmm. from. Hollywood icon Angeline makes 80s bimbo pop for the masses by Sophie St. Clair, Wikipedia. Another article called Los Angeles Billboard star Angeline, 69. Nice. Uh, braves the open air sans mask and gloves to go get coffee. So, and that was in the beginning of the pandemic. Gotcha. And that was written by Carly Johnson. Uh, for the Daily Mail. And the last article is, Why Does Angeline Love L.A.? Because She Owns It by Nadia Seiji. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a trip. Yeah. The story, her, wow. <laughs> I'm speechless. There's also a documentary coming out uh-huh. that she is working on. Okay. And I'm excited to see it. I don't know anything else about it except that it has been worked on uh-huh. and it might be coming out in the next few years. Oh, shit. I'm also excited for this TV series, Oh, too. my gosh. The TV series I'm flabbergasted by. <laughs> Emmy Rossum? Yeah. I can't even imagine it. There was a clip of her filming, like a behind the scenes uh-huh. off. And she looks wild but she is clearly angeline from the knees up uh-huh. as a camera's tracking her but then she has like tennis shoes on <laughs> and i'm like angeline would never would she would ne- never do that <laughs> how very dare you break character comfort below the knees i don't think so <laughs> not when you got big hair and your tits out mm-hmm. you do not slap on a pair of converse no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. all right okay wow that thank you for that yeah that was a refreshing little dive into a whole side of Hollywood that I have never I've heard the name but I did not know any of that and she has some movies that are filmed in LA uh-huh. her billboards make cameos oh my gosh yeah that's very cool <laughs> and she still has billboards up like it hasn't ended she just has less <laughs> yeah that's a career that's a hell of a career yeah 86 to 2021 okay yeah what's up <laughs> okay so that was the episode, everybody. <sighs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. If you like us, mm-hmm. because of course you do, you're still here. <laughs> go ahead and go on over to our face. Our, what are those things called? Social media. Social media accounts. Oh my gosh, Danny <laughs> is giving me the face. Oh, Dan. Dan. <laughs> Danny's got to pee. We got to wrap this up. Go to our social medias, Facebook and Instagram, at That Broad's Got Moxie. Twitter at Broads Got Moxie. If you want to shoot us any recommendations, questions, concerns, queries, which is the same as a question, you can email us at <laughs> that Broads Got Moxie at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to go wherever you're listening to this. Re, 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 
review and subscribe. Please give us five stars. Okay, we gotta go. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick it to the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.